My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the bed. <laughs> well, my favorite place to do anything is in the bed. So we're just going to leave it at that. The word I have the hardest time pronouncing, and it's hard, particularly. 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 That is a hard it's, it, And there's five syllables, and they're all kind of jammed together like a caterpillar. It is very tiring to do a bunch of voices in a room by yourself in front of a microphone for three days in a row. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet Webby Award-winning on-air host and best-selling author Nancy Redd, co-creator of the Cookie Chronicle series, Matthew Swanson, and best-selling picture book author Adam Rubin. Whether it's giving kids a way to see themselves reflected in the world around them, or encouraging kids to be silly and laugh, these authors find joy in creating stories specifically for young readers. Listen in as each author talks about their audiobook recording experience. Enjoy! Hi, this is Nancy Redd, author of Bedtime Bonnet. I was inspired by my daughter to write Bedtime Bonnet because she, just like many children with thick, curly hair, really needed media role models that looked like her to encourage her to wear her bonnet at night and take care of her hair. When she was very little, she refused to wear her bonnet because she thought, and I quote, bonnets were just for old people. (laughs) Because the only people she saw wearing a bonnet, understandably, because she was like three, were me and grandma, right? She didn't see any of her cartoon character friends wearing a bonnet. Doc McStuffins didn't wear a bonnet. And I realized that we had a gap in the messaging that I needed to fill. And fortunately, Penguin Random House was the perfect partner to fill this void in children's literature and to talk about black nighttime hair rituals like the bonnet, the do-rag, the wave cap, the wrap, and beyond. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be exhilarating because this is the kind of book that I wish I had growing up. I would have felt a lot less weird and excluded if media like Bedtime Bonnet existed in the world and to be able to celebrate these traditions that are part of my culture and that I want my children to be proud of. I didn't realize until I started that I had a problem pronouncing listening. So apparently I can't pronounce listening unless I'm not under pressure. Because right now, of course, I can pronounce listening. (laughs) But when I looked at listening library, listening library, it was almost akin to she sells seashells by the seashore. (laughs) What am I most proud about my narration? I'm really proud that I asked to do it myself. And when they were coming up with ideas for which of my books would turn into audiobooks, I don't think I was in the running necessarily to be the voice, but I really wanted to do it. And so I asked for it. I'm really proud that I went ahead and asked for what I wanted because here I am getting to talk to you right now, which is really exciting. And anyone listening, if there's something you want, oftentimes people aren't not picking you to do it out of malice. It's just oversight. They hadn't even thought about me as a possibility. So go on, put your big girl panties on and maybe your bedtime bonnet and ask for what you want. Now, if I wasn't going to record my audiobook, my dream narrator would be Michelle Obama. 
Actually, at this point, any of the Obama girls, maybe even Grandma Obama, (laughs) because these women, their hair is always laid. It always looks great. I just know the bonnet game in the Obama household is on point. The last audiobook I listened to was actually a really cool one my husband's working on for his grandfather's memoir of serving in the Indian Army as a general during World War II. It's riveting stuff, and he started recording it for a theater project that has turned into much more. It's really cool to hear the stories that mean something to you that you don't know a lot about, the emotion that can be evoked in partnership with the written word, is indescribable. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the bed. (laughs) Well, my favorite place to do anything is in the bed. So we're just going to leave it at that. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. In my family, when the sun goes down, our hair goes up. My brother twists and tightens each of his locks. Sis combs her hair in a swirl round her head. Daddy's hairbrush makes rows of black waves appear. Grandma rolls up her silver mane. Grandpa doesn't do anything to his hair because he doesn't have any. (laughs) Hi, my name is Matthew Swanson, author of Ben Yokoyama and the Cookie of Perfection. And my name is Robbie Bear. I am the illustrator of that very book. I'm so glad you're here, Robbie. Hey, thanks, man. All right. We're going to have a little interview, Matthew. Oh. I am going to ask you some questions oh, all right. uh, for the author podcast. Oh, I'm excited. All right, all right bring it. Okay, number yeah. one. Yes. Tell us about your book, Matthew. What inspired you to write it? Uh, this is a book about a boy named Ben who is a very earnest boy. He gets a fortune that says practice makes perfect in his fortune cookie, and he believes that he should be perfect and that he can be perfect. So he makes a friend who he thinks is perfect, and the friend gives him perfection lessons. But basically the lesson is to be perfect, give up the things you're not perfect at, which turns into a really sad situation where Ben stops doing the things he actually loves. I was going to say, I would have to stop doing everything. Uh, Exactly. I think that's basically the point is your life is flat and brittle and awful if you give up everything you love. All right. So please tell me, Matthew. What inspired you to write this Robbie, book? you live with me, so you know <laughs> that I am one who seeks to do everything possible well, so I identify with the impulse. But the real inspiration for this book was my piano teacher when I was a kid, Dorothea Ziegler. Aww. And she was the inspiration for part of the Mrs. Ezra character, who's Ben's piano teacher. And her lesson to Ben in this book is really that to be perfect or as perfect as possible, it's not about hitting all the notes right when you play a song. It's not about always hitting the ball when you play baseball. It's about putting your heart into it. It's about feeling and emotion and, when it comes to piano, interpreting the music, not getting the notes right. And that was me as a kid. I tried to get the notes right. I couldn't. But she taught me that being an artist is really about heart and not about head. So Good for your piano teacher. Yeah, she, my piano teacher was all about getting those <laughs> notes right. I couldn't do anything right. She had a huge impact on my life as a creative person. And I am getting teared up right now thinking about her. Aww. She was an incredible human. Aww. Number two, this should be a short answer, Matthew. Okay. yes. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be... Demoralizing. Oh. <laughs> Soul-shattering. <laughs> crushing. Anxiety-provoking. Heart-rending. Matthew was up for many nights practicing and trying to get this right. But I think and I hope that it turned out well. 
Please, please move Excellent. on to another question before I throw <laughs> other words at you that hurt right. my soul. Is there a word or phrase that you realized you didn't know how to pronounce? Well, it's funny. Whenever we do this, we have to figure out and remember whether it's aunt or aunt, oh, or whether that's it's a neither one. or neither. Mm. But the word I have the hardest time pronouncing, and it's hard. Everybody try it right now. Particularly. 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 That is a hard it's, one. It, it's a great and L's word. altogether. And there's five syllables, and they're all kind of jammed together like a caterpillar. So that's the one I think. Caterpillar is also not so easy. No. Particularly. A particular caterpillar? Mm, that's, that's what a I'm going to Tongue twister. I'm never going to put that in an audiobook. All right. What about your narration are you most proud of? And or is there anything specific you're excited for listeners to hear? People are going to be very excited with the way I nailed particularly. I really, I rocked it, okay? <laughs> My favorite parts are the narration where I just get to sort of narrate for a while with yes, none of the you voices. Don't have to do voices. So there's some stretches, mm -hmm. but there's a couple of pages of just narrative, and I feel so free. So I, I think that's my favorite oh, part. Is this the opportunity to write dialogue out of the books? Oh, good because idea. Because I don't like illustrating dialogue okay. either. We Maybe the just, books yes, will just be long just... narrative musings from now on <laughs> that don't include the word neither, aunt, or particularly. Or particularly. <laughs> All right. Okay, so who's your dream narrator, living or dead, if you hadn't done it yourself? Besides James Earl Jones and Meryl Streep, they took out, you know, the top two. Oh, well, The heavy right. hitters. I think it would be Rain Wilson of Office fame. Oh. Mostly because I love that guy. Mm -hmm. And he's so funny. Mm -hmm. So I think he would do a great job. I was thinking Josh Gad, because oh. I think he would get all of the different oh, voices very yeah. crisp. Like, you would know who each person yeah, was. Yeah. But I'd have to tell him, tone it down a little bit, friend. Maybe. We don't want it to sound like Olaf. Good thing Josh Gad isn't at all busy these days or no, in demand. No, He's no. probably he, he just waiting. He doesn't have anything else to do. Yeah. He's yes. All we'll right. just call him up. If you listen to audiobooks, what was the last great one you listened to? So I really liked listening to Shiloh, read by Peter McNichol. Hmm. Of Ally McBeal fame. I oh. loved him on Ally McBeal, <laughs> oh but gosh. I loved him in Shiloh. That's I just a throwback. A a really gifted actor yes. can do these books so well. And yes. I know because I'm not a really gifted actor. <laughs> All right? So I, I just, I thought it was great. Oh, that's a good one. Where's your favorite place to listen? Well, there's only one place that I listen to audiobooks. Yes. And that is with my children mm -hmm. on long car rides. Yes. Because it's the only time in my life that I'm not doing something else. Yes. But I love doing it on car rides. The kids love it. But here's the problem. They always fall asleep. And so we always have to stop right when it gets right exciting. Right when it's exciting, I know. Matthew's so captivated, and <sighs> I have to be like, stop. Everybody fell asleep. We have four children, and one of them is always falling asleep. <laughs> so it's, it's really the best reason I know to have fewer children is to have fewer interruptions to your audiobooks. I am fortunate in that I spend my time, my entire day drawing. Yeah. And so I can do lots of listening. So okay. I listen to audiobooks all the time at my desk. But do you remember any of them, Robbie? I don't also remember anything about them. Everything. Yes. I will yeah. often get to the end of an audiobook and look up from my work and be like, what was that book about? <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. I cannot listen to audiobooks or writing books. Yeah. It is, it is no, a, I guess a conflict that would be pretty of terms. <laughs> and now, listen to a clip from our audiobook. Ben Yokoyama had a pretty good life. He lived with his mom and his dad in a house that had three ceiling fans, a garbage disposal, and a roof that didn't leak when it rained. He had a dog named Dumbles who would sometimes fetch a tennis ball and often gave cuddles and licks. His best friend Janet lived in a house just behind his. She had a trampoline, a comfortable blue chair, and a pantry that usually contained marshmallows. Ben had nothing to complain about, so he usually didn't complain. But some days, he had to. 
because some days his mom burned the pancakes. This is Adam Rubin, author of The Ice Cream Machine. I wrote this book because I always wanted to write a quote-unquote big book, and when I quit my day job a few years ago, I found myself a lot more time on my hands to concentrate on writing, and it seemed like the appropriate time to get started. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be tiring. It is very tiring to do a bunch of voices in a room by yourself in front of a microphone for three days in a row. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the Latin name for a monkey, the species of which I forget, and I won't be able to pronounce it now because I don't even remember what it was. I'm excited that listeners will be able to hear these stories in an audio version. It's much different than the printed book where the illustrations help paint the pictures that I had in my imagination while I was writing the stories. With just the audio, it's the theater of the mind, as they say, and though there's no sound production, I don't think, it's, well, it's just even more control, really, than you have in a written book because you get to control the intonation and do voices and pause, etc., So it really, I think, will feel even more like being stuck in my head with me than reading the book on paper. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook myself, I would like Willem Dafoe to record the audiobook. I think he'd be good with the voices, and and he's got a great sense of humor. The last podcast I listened to that I loved was called Heavyweight. It's great. The whole series is great. All the episodes are great. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car. That seems like a nice place to hear a long story and just focus on the narrative and the sounds. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook, The Ice Cream Machine. A glimmering blue streak rocketed through the air above Megalopolis, weaving between skyscrapers, ducking below streams of flying hover pods, and blasting through holographic advertisements just for fun. Excitement spread throughout the city as ordinary citizens identified the flying object overhead. Hey, look, it's Shiro and Kelly, said a man selling digital tacos on a street corner. He waved up at the sky to greet the famous duo. Shiro and Kelly, an old woman on a park bench chuckled as she adjusted her cyber goggles. Off on another exciting adventure, I bet. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.